<laughs> People at work think I'm like super positive. They just don't realize that I have Jesus. <laughs> just, it's just a really different thing. Um, I got like really distracted, but then if you're worshiping God, is it really a distraction? I don't think so. I think you'll agree with me. So anyway, everybody who doesn't know who I am, I'm Bethany. Hi, people. How are you? Are you great? Um, before we get started, what are we going to do? Do you guys know? Yes! Woo! We're going to read our mission statement. Um, so for everybody here and everybody watching online, this is who we are here at Mercy Vineyard. And then we like to recite it all together. So let's go. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. You guys can't see it, but it's not in my notes because I have it memorized. As I'm sure you all do too. Because <laughs> we say it all the time. So we are continuing our Anchored series. It's been good, hasn't it? Right? Okay, it's been good, hasn't it? Thank you. Thank you. I can't hear the people online, so you guys have to be really loud for me. Thank you. Um, we are doing our Anchored series, Practices That Keep Us Steady in the Storm. And I get to talk about prayer. I'm, like, really excited about it. Um, when Lee asked me to, I'm like, of course I'll talk about prayer. That's, like, my thing. Like, I was that kid. This is what I mean by that kid. When I was 11, I decided that I needed to dress up and go on a date with God in my bedroom because I was that kid, right? So that's how much I love prayer, and I was so excited to talk about it. And then I was mad at Lee because he didn't give me any other direction besides prayer. Do you know there's like, like a different book written on prayer every month? There is so much with prayer. Thanks for the direction. Prayer is just so big. It's so big. There's so much in it. It's like, okay, so when Ryan and I were first married, I was not a cook. I still don't consider myself a cook. I could make pasta, and sometimes it didn't get too mushy. Sometimes it didn't get cooked all the way, but I could make it, and it was edible, right? And I could make tacos. I could ground turkey and then have pre-made stuff. That's easy, right? That was, like, the extent of what I could do. And then, you know, I wanted to do more stuff, so I would try to get cookbooks from the library. If there were more than six ingredients, including spices, I was overwhelmed, and I said, no, not this one. I can't do this one. It's just too much. Even if, like, there's only three ingredients and the rest were spices, it was too much. I couldn't handle it because it just overwhelmed me. There was just too much to do about it. I remember the very first time there was this chicken chili recipe that I make all the time now, but, um, and it's better than yours, Kayla, wherever you are. So anyway, <laughs> so there's this chicken chili recipe that um, I made, and the first time I made it, I remember being so stressed out because I had to saute this and then let it simmer. And then I had to do this and let it simmer. And then I had to do this and let it simmer. And it took me 40 minutes and that was very stressful for me because I was used to food being done whenever the pizza came out of the oven. And so it was just really like, did I do it right? Is everything right? Is it in the right steps? Okay, guys, I can make that chili in my sleep now. It was just so stressful when I first started out. And I feel like that is what prayer can be. It can be so overwhelming at first. There is so much about it. 
But when you practice it and when you keep on doing it, it just becomes second nature. So I'm hoping that through the end of this, we can kind of like demystify prayer and um, we can help it become an anchor in your life. But what message would this be about prayer if we didn't pray? Okay, so let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we just invite you to come here, God. We, as always, are just desperate for you, God. And we just ask that you would pierce into our hearts, Lord, and that we would be open to whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say, and that we would just be, just be intentional and diligent to hear from you. Amen. All right, guys, here's the big takeaway. It's going to blow your minds. Prayer is the Christian life. You can't separate it. You can't go through your Christian life without prayer. Prayer is the Christian life. You know, just how food consumes us, right? We think about what we're going to eat. We plan what we're going to eat. We'll make what we're going to eat. We're going to buy what we're going to eat. We clean up after we eat. And we do that three, five times a day. It consumes us, right? <laughs> and that is how prayer should also be in our lives. It should be all-consuming from when we wake up to when we go to bed. Because, come on, that's how much a lot of us think of food. That is how consuming prayer should be in our lives. We cannot claim to be connected with God, to be in union with him, if we're not talking to him. You can't have a relationship with the creator who so desperately wants to talk to you without talking to him. We cannot grow in our faith, be rooted in our faith, or change and develop without prayer. There is no Christian life without prayer. Prayer is intimacy with the Father. Prayer is communion with God. It is the relationship. It's, it's what we are. It's not something... Prayer isn't... I just... Gosh, frustrates me. I'm sure this frustrates a lot of you guys. Prayer is not something that worked or didn't work. It is a way of life. It's like... So I have this um, Bluetooth radio player in my house, right? And when my sister and I used to work out, she would have playlists for us, and she would connect her phone to that. Now, if for some reason the phone wasn't connecting, I didn't go, Bluetooth doesn't exist. But that's what we do with prayer. All of a sudden, the one time, it just doesn't happen the way we want to. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Bluetooth is real. It's worked before. There's just an issue with it. You know what the issue was? It was just connected to a different device, so it couldn't find my sister, my sister's phone. And so when we, when we have stuff going on like that, and, and we think the same way in terms of um, if you're trying to connect your device to Wi-Fi and it wasn't working, you wouldn't think to yourself, I guess Wi-Fi is not real. I've been lied to all this time. Wi-Fi does not exist. It's, it doesn't, it's not anywhere. Because I can't see it connected on my phone, no, not real anymore. Come on, guys. That's not how it works. It's not, it's not something that worked or didn't work. It's a way of life. Um, I like, there's a few quotes I take from here from um, Richard Foster. He says, 
To understand that the work of prayer involves a learning process saves us from arrogantly dismissing it as false or unreal. You know how freeing that is? To know that this is something we're always learning into, something we're always developing. It's not like a right or wrong. It's a yes. It's just a continuing. That's super freeing. So like I said, we cannot grow in our faith or be rooted in our faith or change and develop without prayer. Prayer allows us to grow in our faith. When we see answers to our prayers, it deepens our faith. Okay. Linda, you probably don't remember this. She's like, oh, my name. Um, so like eight years ago, we were in, do you remember when we were in a, a small group together, we were going through the prayer circle? Do you remember that? So we're reading um, the book, The Prayer Circle by Mark Batterson, and we all were, we all chose specific things that we were praying for. And then when we'd get together weekly to talk about this book, we would all pray about our things. So the thing that I was praying about was there was somebody who was really close to in my life, one of my really good friends, and she recently got out of a really bad marriage. But she was currently living with her boyfriend and her, um, and her girls were all living with her. And so we would pray. And they weren't, you know, they, they, like a lot of us, believed that God is real, but wasn't really part of their life. So we'd get together every week. This is one of the things we prayed about. And I have a journal of, like, all the times that I prayed about this really good friend of mine and her, um, I think maybe it was her fiancé then, and just praying that they would be a godly couple, that they would really be rooted in God. And at the time, they weren't going to church. Um, they weren't really consumed with that. But we would pray about it every week, every week, and every week. And then throughout the week, I had this journal, and I'd write stuff down, and I'd write stuff down, just praying for that, okay? So about two years later, this couple, they're married, and they have actually got rid of extracurriculars in their life because church was that important to them now. So they needed to be able to go to church every Sunday, so they stopped, um, they stopped a lot of extracurriculars in their life. And it was also non-negotiable for their kids. This is what they had to do. This is what they did as a family. And I, and I forgot that we had done that, right? And I'm going through all these journals, and I pull out, and I see all these prayers for months and months and months about begging God to make them a godly couple. They are a godly couple. They pray together. Guys, how many of you guys pray with your spouses? But they pray together. <laughs> I mean, how incredible is that? Um, and then, you know, this happens at work sometimes. Um, this particular instance, I was going into the break room, and the lights were all off. And it, my, one of my coworkers was in there, and she just asked me if we could keep the lights off because she had a migraine, and she was just she was thinking of going home early, but she took some medicine, and she was just hoping that, you know, it would go away. And um, there's a lot of things as a Christian we can do in that situation. And I did the uncomfortable one. I was like, well, is it okay if I pray for you? Um, and she said, sure, yeah, that's okay. So then I prayed for her. And then, um, like, half hour later, she came and found me and said that her migraine went away and that she didn't have to go home for the day, right? So when we see God answer our prayers, it deepens our faith in God, right? Um, First Chronicles 16, verses 9 um, and verse 10 Sing to him, sing praises to him, 
tell of all his wondrous works. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he utters. When we see what he's done by partnering with our prayers and remember it, our faith grows. So just like when I pulled that notebook out and it wasn't something that was in the forefront of my mind and I saw that and I remembered us reaching out to God on a weekly basis and that he answered that prayer. It's, it's him answering the prayers and us remembering them. It's that cycle of going back. That's why it says remember the wondrous works that he has done. We have to keep going back to the, the prayers that he's already answered. And it gives us something to fall back on when things get tough. Because they do all the time. <laughs> Never ending. <laughs> it's just always tough. So it gives us something to remember that he's already done this and he's going to continue. Prayer also keeps us rooted because it brings our focus back to God. Um, Foster also says, to pray is to change. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer. And so one of the fun things about doing this was um, I like had the whole Bible at my disposal. It was almost too consuming because like it's, everything is about <laughs> is about this because like I said, prayer is the Christian life. So it was just everywhere and everything. And so I'm trying to like read through the Psalms to just get something that's really gonna push this point and it's all of them. It's just all of them. I think the Psalms are just beautiful in the sense it starts like with God, the world sucks, but you're good. Like <laughs> that's just all it is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and, but you can't be reaching out to God and not be transformed by his will. It is literally impossible. Test me on it. Reach out to God every day for a month, and then let me know if you haven't changed. I'll give you something. I'm not giving you anything because you'll change. So, um, Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is written in my heart. When we reach out to him, he's going to transform us. It's, like I said, it's impossible to continually be praying and reaching out to him and talking to him and have him not transform us. You can't be swayed by life when you're rooted in God. So I remember at the beginning of the year, I was in um, a season of really deep prayer and fasting, and it's when all the COVID stuff started happening when things started to shut down and lock down. And I remember feeling this sense of excitement because I was in this deep season with God and I just knew that this is the time for Christians to show their colors. I mean, this is the time for us to step up and be those people. This is when we get to show the world what love is. And I just remember getting this sense of excitement about the possibilities that God was going to do and through us. That would not have been my natural reaction if I was not in a season of prayer. Anchored doesn't mean that storms don't come or water doesn't get in the boat. It means you don't drift or drown. So have any of you guys here been fishing? I'm assuming, I mean, we live in... <gasps> okay, okay. Oh, oh, I thought we were living in the Midwest, and then you guys, like, proved me wrong. But then you raised your hand, so it's fine. We're all Midwest people here. Um, so you guys know... 
So if you throw a line out, right, and the bobber's in the water, if you're fishing with the bobber, where you throw it out throughout the course of that time is not where it ends, because it drifts, right? That's just natural, that's what happens. And then even if you are fishing in a boat, when you lay anchor, the boat moves. It just doesn't go into the middle of the lake. And that's what, that's what prayer is. It's dropping that anchor, the boat moves. It sways, wind will happen. You know, and if another boat comes by, huge waves, and you topple and you go like this, and you're like, why are you so close? You should have been farther over there. The lake's huge. But it, you, you don't, the boat doesn't topple over. You're still there. You're still in there. You haven't moved away. So how do we make sure that we're anchored in prayer? Like, What's a good litmus test to make sure that this is a, a practice? Here are four things. Sorry, I have a three-year-old, so this is just what I do now. <laughs> These are four things to look for. The first one is to always be a student. Prayer isn't something we, like, get. It's something we're always striving for. Staying a student keeps us humble. Um, when we admit, we don't have it all figured out. And, and we'll never have it figured out because God is holy. He's given us this wonderful tool to communicate with him, but that doesn't change the fact that God is holy. We can't, nor will we ever, figure God out. And because of that, and because he's given us this tool to communicate with him, we will never truly figure prayer out, which is why we always have to be a student. So when I was a child, I was a musician, like everybody in here, and um, I was told many times that I had a talent, right? Don't ever tell that to a child. <laughs> Don't tell them they're talented. So what I ended up doing is I didn't practice because I was talented. And I didn't need to practice. And all of you who are still musicians are like, yeah, <laughs> that's where you went wrong. I know, okay? <laughs> People quickly passed me when it came to skill because they were always learning. They were always developing. They were always striving to be better. Even if they're the best, they were striving to be better. So it's a good example. It's a good idea to look at those who are further ahead of you in the faith for encouragement. And I bet you they all pray. Just, we all know that. They pray. They pray. So we need to read books, we need to ask questions, we need to study the scriptures when it comes to prayer, because it's everywhere. And then just be encouraged to know that there are different types of prayer. I mean, there's different types of way that I communicate with people, right? So when Ryan and I are talking, there's a lot of different types of conversations we have. Sometimes we're just doing logistics, like the kids are going to be here when you got, get off, so you have to go over there to pick them up. We're communicating. Sometimes um, you guys know, some of you guys know that we have a review channel, and sometimes we sit down and we have to plan out our couple of months, right? We're sitting, we, we talk, we discuss that for hours, figuring out like the deadlines that we have, when we have to do things, schedule out, when we have to play things. We're talking to each other, right? Sometimes we're just laughing, having fun, and, and sometimes we have to talk about things that aren't working really well with us. Those are all different types of communication, right? And they all make our relationship. So when it comes to prayer, there's so many different 
types of prayer, and they're all part of it. There's petitioning. Sometimes you need prayer for healing. Sometimes you just, you just are sad. You need to reach out to that. Sometimes you just are going again and again and again, and it's all different, and it's, and it's all necessary. And I just, I really want to encourage you that there are seasons in our prayer lives, right? That happens, and that's not like a bad thing or, or a good thing, just like there's seasons in, in marriage. But if Ryan and I were only talking logistics, if we were only talking about when we needed to do stuff or when um, we needed to pick up the kids or what was happening there, would our relationship really deepen? No, it wouldn't. So that's why sometimes when you're in a busy, uh, a busy season of life, you schedule date nights so you can have that. So if you have to schedule your prayer time, that's a good thing. That means you understand that this, not only is it a priority, but you need to make time for it. So I just want to encourage you that if you're in a season of life where you feel like you're really busy, that's fine. Make time. Another way to just our litmus test is um, always be doing. Foster also says, um, it is not prayer in addition to work, but prayer simultaneous to work. Prayer and action become welded. Prayer without action isn't prayer. It's well-wishing. I'm going to say that again because I thought I was really clever. <laughs> prayer without action isn't prayer. It's well-wishing. I mean, my coworker, right, if I had seen her and if I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope God does, you know, God heal her and then just went on my merry way. That's not, that's not prayer, because it didn't require anything. There was no action there. I acted on the need that was there with prayer. Um, James 2.26 says, Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? It's useless. Prayer transforms our lives and inspire us, inspires us to action. It's both and, not either or. I mean, as you guys know from being here all the time, like royal family kids is the action in prayer, right? I mean, when you guys do camp, and then there's those of us who are here who are continually praying for the work, right? Like, it's, it's connection. It's not either or. It doesn't matter if there's people here praying, if there's nobody with the kids. <laughs> like, it's pointless. So it's, it's both and. Um, and then next, look out for lies. Our world, our society, our culture right now is trying to shame us when it comes to prayer. How many of you have seen like when a tragedy happens or somebody's asking for something. I've seen this, and I'm sure you've seen it too. People start using the phrase, send your good vibes. What does that mean? You don't want my vibes, okay? <laughs> you want my prayer. You don't want my vibes. I see Christians saying this, send your prayer and vibes. I can do one of those things for you. Like, it just, it doesn't mean anything. And there's, there's a reason why this is, this is happening two things. It's because people would say that it's a cop-out because they weren't doing it with action. And our, our society and culture could feel that, you know. 
when tragedy would hit and we'd say praying for fill in blank on tragedy. I mean, you could just like Google any month and you could find something to fill that in. Pray, praying for this, praying for that. Oh, our prayers, our thoughts and prayers are with whatever. But now we're just, now people are saying vibes because they're trying to diminish what prayer is. Prayer moves the hand of God. Our enemy knows prayer is real and changes us and our world. So of course he's going to try and change it to vibes. <laughs> it's like, when I see believers do that, it's just like, like really, you want me to send you my vibes? <laughs> I can do much better things for you. The enemy is trying to belittle the truth of prayer, that prayer is the Christian life and prayer inspires us to action. When we pray, God partners with us, and he puts things on our hearts to pray about. When you read something, and all of a sudden you get really emotional about that, God's prompting you to pray. When somebody pops into your head, God's prompting you to pray. He's not prompting you to send vibes or well-wishing. I could go on that for another 10 minutes, okay, but we'll move on. <laughs> um, lastly, we want to check for compassion. Without compassion, our prayers become a religious checklist. They make us prideful and arrogant, and they turn us inward. So we can still pray without compassion, but it taints it. So in Luke 18, 11, this is a parable that Jesus um, told. And I'm only going to talk about the first half of the parable. But it says, The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes and all that I get. There's zero compassion in that prayer. He compares himself to the tax collector as to why he's so awesome. He was praying, though. He was in church, even. But his prayer was hollow and empty. When we lack compassion, our prayers die, and so do our actions. Because when we lack compassion, we don't have to do anything. It dismisses us from moving. I would really encourage you guys as homework to go through the Gospels and just look at all the verses with Jesus and compassion. I'm going to give you a head start. So we have um, Matthew 9.26, Mark 6.34, Matthew 14.14, 14, Luke 7.13, Matthew 20.34. So that's your head start right there. You can look them up. But the Gospels are just littered with verses where it says, and Jesus moved with compassion, and Jesus had compassion, and with compassion, Jesus. And another thing that is in the scriptures is where it says, and Jesus saw. Jesus saw this woman. Jesus saw that person. Um, and I was feeling this when we were praying, or when we were worshiping, that... Um, there's, have you guys watched any of the, um, that YouTube series, The Chosen? No? Yeah, okay. There's, um, 
if you can't fall asleep and you want to binge something, binge that, you're welcome. So there's just this scene where Jesus is talking to a woman and he just says, I see you. And I just felt like if any of you have ever gotten prayer for me, I feel like that's probably one of the one of the words I hear God tell me the most for you. It's just simply that he sees you. And that alone is the compassion that, that God the Father has for us, that he sees us. He sees us in our pain and he sees us in our suffering. I mean, I the fact whenever God has has, you know, I thought told me something for one of you, that is proof that he sees you, right? That is proof of, of the compassion that he has towards you. So let me just encourage you to check for those four things as we close sit down. Write it down and ask yourself, um, am I a student? Am I doing? What lies am I believing? And do I have compassion? So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. Um, and then we're going to get before God. And I just want you to invite God with you as you ask yourself these questions. And just remember that God wants to do this with you. With you. He wants to do everything that he wants to do with us. Like How wonderful is that? Um, so let us pray and then... Um, I am on the prayer team today, so I will be back there. And if you guys want me to pray for you, and I love to, I like really love it. So please come back. Um, so let us close. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for loving us. And just for being perfect, God. That we can strive for intimacy with you, and it's through that that you perfect us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are and everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you 